Welcome back to Activity Quest, the podcast that's packed with stuff to do. This week, Adam's meeting some rhinos at the Cotswold Wildlife Park, and we're making a time capsule. My name's Bex, and every episode of Activity Quest starts off with a fun kids presenter doing something awesome. This week... Adam's getting a bit wild. Thanks, Bex. Yes, I'm at Cotswold Wildlife Park right now. We're going to meet a man named Mark, who's going to talk to us about some rhinos. And then we're going to meet some giraffe. Uh, my name's Mark Godwin, and I'm head keeper at the Cotswold Wildlife Park. And mostly I just play with the rhinos. And what does headkeeper involve other than playing with rhinos? Um, it's a it's a lovely position for me because it means I get to interfere in lots of different places and get involved all over the place, whether people like it or not. And I can help and assist and do all sorts with whatever animals or whatever sections around the park. But these guys, big softies, she loves fuss. So this is Nancy. Nancy, come on. No, nope, she's backing off. So she's just having a bit of food. Around the far side's Queenie, she'll come round. So she's just one. Um, they're born around about 60 to 70 kilos. They grow at a phenomenal rate for the first year. They put on a kilogram, a kilogram and a half to three kilograms a day from mum's milk and they cheat because they eat solids as well. So she's still at full-time milk from mum, but she's already eating hay and pellets, as you can see. Talk to me about poo. Rhinos poo a lot. Uh, yes, they poo large volumes, but less than a domestic horse. A domestic horse poos 9 to 13 times a day. A rhino does 2 or 3 because their digestion is a lot slower, but obviously the volume's a great deal of amount. That's three days' worth in that little trailer behind us. And the trailer behind us, I mean, you describe it as little. One, two, three, four massive wheels on it. It's probably about the size of a small bed. Yeah, it tows just over a tonne, so it struggles every now and again. But yeah, that's three days' worth. A small amount of poo. <laughs> um, there's something very special about these rhinos too, I hear. One of them shares a name with somebody special. Uh, yeah, um, we... Uh, we were kind of expecting a young boy and so we all sort of had male names in our heads and then finally when she gave birth it was a little girl so we struggled and so the owner let me name it after my daughter which is uh, quite nice but um, yeah normally he picks a name so it's all all the names have nice reasons behind it but yeah he let me pick that one first. My name is Willemine I'm the main giraffe keeper here at the Cotswold Wildlife Park. At the Cotswold Wildlife Park we have five male giraffes so we only have boys um, and we keep them in a bachelor group as we call it and so so talk to me about your life as a as a keeper here you turn up in the morning we've already we've spoken a bit about poo uh i assume mucking out is probably the first job no mainly the first job is i come in and first of all i open the door and check if everyone is still there <laughs> that we're not missing a giraffe um then i'm going to prep the breakfast i'm going to make sure they have their breakfast because otherwise they will be, be a bit angry with me um after that normally i clean the outside paddock put food outside even more food make sure they go outside and then I can go and clean inside and clean up more poo. Um, And in total, I will clean around three hours a day of just poo picking at the giraffes. Um, Annoyingly, a giraffe has really tiny poo. So it's really tiny, small (laughs) bits of poo. It looks like a rabbit poo, but just a few sizes bigger. So annoyingly, they just scatter it around. So it makes me have to rake the whole paddock instead of like with the rhinos. Easy peasy. It's all in one big pile and you just have to scoop it up. So my, I just have one big wheelbarrow full of poo, but it's just the amount of time it takes to rake everything on piles and pick it up. 
And when it comes to feeding, we've had a look at the enclosure already, the outside area. They have sort of bags suspended from big poles. What's all that about? Well, we have one bag outside, and that's just to fill in the haylage, the Lucerne horse hay they get, um, to top up the nutrition. Um, normally, we would put it in the hay racks we have on the walkway, but we have a few new giraffes, and they don't really like the vistas on the walkway. So we want to make sure they also have some horse hay as well in the uh, paddock. But the main thing that's hanging off those big poles in the paddock are branches, so that's their main diet, and we try to feed around 40 branches a day in the summertime in the winter it will be a bit less because we just don't have the amounts that we can cut in the summer can you interview a lemur yeah you interview a li- why don't you should we try and interview a lemur <laughs> that's like a whole parade of them they're fun, aren't they? Hi, my name's Hayley and I'm a senior keeper at Cotswold Wildlife Park. Uh, we're with some lemurs. Talk to me about the ones that we've got in front of us right here. I hear they're quite rare. They are. So these are the greater bamboo lemur. Um, there's not very many. I believe it's 38, 39 in captivity in the whole world. Um, and we have a whole bunch of them here. And I think one of the amazing things about this enclosure, if we turn around and look behind us right now, the entire thing's open. There's a a very small wooden fence in front of me, but there are animals climbing on trees over my head, all sorts. This is what we uh, like to describe as sort of an immersive walkthrough enclosure, um, so that people, when they come in, they're actually in the enclosure with the animals. Um, So, yeah, it's, uh, it's very well planted. The animals can do what they want all day, really. They can kind of come up to people if they want to. Um, We don't encourage them to sort of jump on people or anything but they can get near to people um, and it just gives them lots of freedom to to roam around and do what lemurs do best talk to me about diet you've got quite a lot of animals in here what do they eat and more importantly how much do they poo Uh, Yes, they do poo an awful lot. Um, They have what we call quick metabolism. So what they eat comes out pretty quickly afterwards. Um, So we feed them mostly um, vegetables, um, sort of green veg, a bit of um, carrot and parsnip, stuff like that. Little tiny bit of fruit. Um, But they can actually eat a lot of the plants that are planted in here as well. So um, they can can kind of have a buffet, really help themselves. And, uh, and talk to me about World Lima Week as well. Yeah, so um, there is a World Lima Day generally, which is um, in the sort of May time. Um, we extend it a bit because we love lemurs so much, so we usually do a whole week. Um, and what that does, we've got stalls where people can come and buy, um, sort of all sorts really. Um, but all the money goes towards um, lemur conservation. Um, so yeah, everything that we raise, as well as the stuff that we would normally give anyway, anything extra that we get from Lima Week goes goes directly into um, funding those projects out in Madagascar. And a lot of people listening to this, kind of 8 to 12 year olds, will probably think you have the coolest job in the world as a lemur runs right past us. Uh, How did you get into this? And do you have any advice for somebody listening that might want to be you in the future? (laughs) Um, 
it is the best job in the world. I do absolutely love it. And I would really recommend it for anybody that loves animals. Uh, so I started off, I um, did the sciences when I was at school. Um, and then I went to university and studied zoology, uh, which is kind of biology, but less plants and people and more animal stuff. Um, and then uh, I volunteered. So I started working. Um, oh, initially, actually, I was at the, the RSPCA, just sort of looking after cats and dogs um, in, in my spare time. Uh, and then I started work on a farm and then I went and did an unpaid inter internship um, for a year which was pretty mad um, and that's kind of where I started and then from there I just um, got jobs at various places some of them were seasonal so they started um, in sort of February March time around through till kind of November December time um, and yeah just kept applying for jobs my advice would be if you are really really passionate about animals um, to yeah volunteer as much as you can so there are lots of um, wildlife parks and zoos and farms um, like I said kennels catteries everything like that that are always happy to, to take people if they can um, and just to get people you know involved in, and getting a little bit of the, the hands on sort of experience that you need um, and yeah just just be passionate and don't be put off if you don't get it straight away you have to keep keep plugging at it keep trying um, and you will get there eventually it's definitely worth it be determined yes i like it i like it <laughs> thanks adam you can find out more by searching for cotswold wildlife park online now, 2023 is officially here. Uh, we're a good chunk into January now, I would say. Maybe you've set yourself some New Year's resolutions or maybe you're trying some new activities. Perhaps it's your final year of primary school or your first year of secondary school. Now, January is a really great time to think about how you want the rest of the year to go. I love it. It's like the beginning of the year. It's a fresh start. You can, you can basically plan ahead a little bit. And with a time capsule, you can also look back on how you felt at a specific time. So when the time capsule is open, you'll be able to see how your interest and your belongings have changed. Time capsules can really be a fun way to learn about the concept of time and how it passes as well. So here's what you'll need if you want to make your very own time capsule. Here we go. A cardboard box, uh, I'd say shoebox size is perfect. Some scissors, markers or crayons, glue, and a variety of small items like toys, stickers, pictures, notes and trinkets. And putting together the time capsule is really easy as well. Decorate the outside of the cardboard box with markers or crayons. You can draw pictures, write your name, create any design you want, really. Then choose a variety of small items to put inside the box. Uh, these can be things like toys, stickers, pictures, notes, anything else that you think might be interesting for a future you. Perhaps leave a little letter to yourself saying what you want to have achieved and maybe what you've been doing at that moment. Now close the box and write the date on the outside. So here's the thing, a lot of time capsules are buried, but if we put a shoebox in the ground, it might ruin everything inside, so don't bury it. Instead, put it in your wardrobe, under your bed, in the attic, somewhere in your home that's safe and dry and where it's not going to get damaged. Then set a reminder on your calendar to look through the time capsule later in the year. Perhaps if you listen to Activity Quest every week, we'll remind you later in 2023. And that is it. You've made a time capsule, my friend. It's a really cool way to preserve memories, keepsakes and other items that are meaningful. And it can be a great way to freeze a moment in time and maybe revisit it in the future. It's also a really good way to document how someone's interests, possessions and surroundings have changed over a period of time. So when the capsule is opened, you'll be able to see how you've evolved and grown. 
Actually, speaking of time, we've just run out of it. Remember, there's loads of episodes of Activity Quest that you can go back and listen to anytime you fancy. And if you're after some more suggestions, just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you like. Whatever you do, and however you do it, tell us at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. And remember to rate, review, and follow this podcast wherever it is you're listening to it. I'm Bex, and this has been a podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. It was produced and edited by Adam Stoner. Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app, and on your smart speaker. Just say, play Fun Kids every weekday from 4pm. See you soon.